From 2009 to 2011, a bandit struck 16 banks all over Southern California. He would walk into each bank lobby, having all the appearances of being a regular customer. Holding a leather case, he would approach the teller, and before the teller could react, he would pull a revolver from the case and silently hand the teller a note. The note would read something like, Give me $50,000 or I will murder you. Then, sometimes he would speak, giving more directions, and sometimes he wouldn't. The amount of money he got away with is an FBI mystery. But what may be even more of a mystery is who the person was and if he really was the geezer he was deemed to be. Welcome to Capers and Cocktails, true crime that doesn't take itself too seriously and obviously gives you something to enjoy while you listen. The following content may be disturbing to some. Discretion is advised. If you're enjoying one of our themed cocktails, ensure you're of legal drinking age and have fun, but drink responsibly. Legend has it that the old Tom Collins originated from a joke told in New York in 1874. A group of buddies began telling random people in bars that a man named Tom Collins was traipsing about the city, telling salacious lies about them. As the joke went, Have you seen Tom Collins? No! Who the deuce is Tom Collins? Well, I don't know much about him, but he says he knows all about you, and he is telling terrible lies and scandals showing up your life in the most outrageous manner. Where can I find the scoundrel? He generally hangs out at the Capers and Cocktails Saloon. Suppose we go for him? All right. (laughs) And then the group would go to that bar, and then another, and then another, in search of the rascal Tom Collins to show them a piece of their mind. This actually not that funny joke, went 19th century viral. Newspapers even dubbed it the Great Tom Collins Hoax of 1874. According to the Steubenville Daily Herald, quote, frantic young men rushed wildly through the streets of the city, hunting the libelous Tom Collins, end quote. Shouldn't a newspaper know that libel means written? Anyway, Lots of people made the joke explode, and it even became fodder for newspaper advertisements. Man, history really is a circle. But because men, and let's be honest, they were men, were barging into bar after bar demanding to beat up Tom Collins, a bartender somewhere invented or renamed a cocktail named the Tom Collins to serve those who asked for the imaginary man. And here it is for our drinking pleasure today. So for this drink, you're going to need gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, club soda, a drizzle of maraschino cherry juice, and a maraschino cherry for garnish. For the mocktail, it's exactly the same. We just eliminate the gin. Okay, we'll start with the cocktail. We'll take two parts gin, one part lemon juice, a half a part simple syrup, and put it into the shaker. Shake it up and strain it over fresh ice. We add to that two parts club soda, and drizzle it with maraschino cherry juice. Uh, This is my personal addition, but I think it makes it look pretty. Oh, and do yourself a favor, buy the good maraschino cherries. Your maraschino cherries should not be the color of a fire engine. Those are not the good ones. For the mocktail, take two parts lemon juice and one part simple syrup. Put it in your shaker, shake, 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 strain it over fresh ice, and add to that four parts of club soda that same drizzle of maraschino cherry juice, and garnish it with that beautiful cherry. Listen, I don't know why I picked this cocktail to go with this crime. 
Okay. I do know. I Googled cocktails for old people. Sorry. But speaking of old people, let's talk about the geezer bandit. Our suspect, a white male between the ages of 60 to 70. More on that later. Between 5 foot 10 inches tall and 6 feet tall. Between 190 and 200 pounds. Average build and most likely left-handed. Typically wore a navy blazer, a navy or black baseball cap, layers, gloves, and glasses, packing, a leather bag, a day planner, threatening notes, a plastic note to carry money in, and heat in the form of a revolver, although he never used it. During one robbery, the geezer bandit came with an oxygen cylinder in tow and used tubes connected to it to breathe. Good Lord. His first crime was committed on August 28, 2009 in a U.S. bank in Santee, California. Santee is a suburb of San Diego. Over the course of two years, he committed 16 bank robberies. Eleven of these heists took place in San Diego County. He would stay in that general area for the entirety of his spree. A couple of the heists, including his June 24, 2010 robbery of the Bank of America in Temecula, California, and the Bank of America heist in Goleta, California on January 28, 2011, were pretty far outside of the San Diego metro area. I pronounced those names right, didn't I? I practiced. Anyway, he might have had a soft spot for Bank of America, or they had a soft spot for bank robbers, because six of the 16 robberies were committed at a Bank of America. That's first place as far as his bank robberies are concerned. I don't know. Four were U.S. banks, one was a Wells Fargo, and the rest were local or regional banks. For a while, he was robbing banks every month and sometimes twice a month. He was a pretty steady criminal. He did take two four-month breaks between robberies, however, including before his last crime. His last robbery was his heist death knell, as it turns out. Heist number 16 was at the San Luis Obispo Bank of America on December 2nd, 2011. It had some uncharacteristic sloppiness. When he entered the bank, as he pulled the demand note out of his bag, it dropped on the ground where he left it. When he was handed the money, there was a dye pack attached to it and it exploded. The money is then useless. In the parking lot, he left behind at least some of the cash, now stained red as well. According to Captain Chris Staley of the San Luis Obispo Police, quote, I think the shock of the dye pack actually exploding in the bag created a diversion enough for him to obviously drop both the money and the other items he was carrying, end quote. And adding insult to injury, I guess, his getaway car was identified for the first time in two years, a white 5 Series BMW sedan. Pretty fancy bank robbing money car, I'd say. I think he actually stopped robbing banks because he recognized that his luck was running out and he must have found another way to get cash. Or maybe it's because of what happened a little later in December. On December 21st, 2011, the FBI released a press release in which they offered a reward of $20,000 for information that led to the arrest and conviction of the geezer bandit. The FBI actually is the one credited with dubbing him as the geezer bandit for his geriatric appearance. Among other things, the press release said, quote, the geezer bandit should be considered armed and dangerous, end quote. The geezer bandit was also profiled on America's Most Wanted in January of 2011, but even John Walsh couldn't get him caught. 
And that's probably why he stopped committing bank robberies. His face, more on that later, was plastered everywhere. He didn't like the heat, so he got out of the kitchen. Smart. The geezer bandit gained somewhat of a cult following in the internet age. He has a Facebook page in his honor with over 3,000 followers. You can even get some of your own Geezer Bandit gear on a website I've linked in the sources part of the description box, including a Geezer Bandit for President t-shirt and a Geezer Time Trucker hat. The Nashville Hype wrote the Geezer Bandit theme song, which you can listen to on YouTube. It has some really funny lyrics. I'll just, I'll read you. I'll read you a few. He's a one-man Bonnie and Clyde, and he could do this for the rest of his life. Just one problem, time ain't on his side, because in a few months, he'll be 95. I I really enjoyed that song. Okay, but the million-dollar question. Well, I think the actual million-dollar question is, who is this person? But the second question is, was he really a geezer? Was he someone's grandpa struggling on Social Security? Was he reliving his glory days, testing the theory that we unconditionally respect our elders? There's some pretty telling evidence that he might not actually have been geriatric. Melissa Teixeira, the bank teller who came eye to eye and face to face with the alleged septuagenarian at the Heritage Oaks Bank in Morro Bay on May 27, 2011, had this to say, quote, I know he was wearing a mask. When he first came in, the color of his face seemed very off. It seemed almost like waxy. I noticed that there was a circular hole in the center of his ear, and I realized it was a mask, end quote. She said she thought he might be in his 20s or 30s. Many witnesses like Melissa have also described the man as wearing a Halloween-like old man mask, having an odd skin tone and conspicuously wrinkle-free hands. And then there's the last robbery. Remember the one with the red dye number five and the BMW? Well, it turns out he didn't saunter his way out of the bank like he had with the others. No, he ran. Many witnesses say he ran like a youth. More speed, less arthritis. More vigor, less shriveled lungs. Well, if he wasn't an older, albeit sprightly, man in his 70s, it's possible one of San Diego's most notorious bank robbers is still committing crimes. Special Agent James Stinnett with the FBI in San Diego speculates as much. He also believes that when this guy was the geezer, it was more than just skills, saying, quote, he is the luckiest person I know. The fact he's only received one security device out of 16 robberies is phenomenal, end quote. The geezer bandit continues to have Lady Luck on his side. And as it turns out, their age probably doesn't matter anyway. The case is closed. The FBI is not pursuing any more leads or looking for an old guy or a young person with a mask because the statute of limitations on this federal crime is five years. The FBI won't release the amount of money that he got away with, but some people speculate it's near $130,000. No matter how old they were, they got away with some cold, hard cash, and they'll never be prosecuted for those crimes. Maybe someday the person will come forward, if, if they're still a if they're still alive. Sorry. Thanks for hanging out with me. Next week, we're going to the other end of the age spectrum to talk about a young person who really should have used his powers for good instead of evil. But I suppose if he had, we wouldn't have our next episode of Capers and Cocktails. From geezer bandit to teenage bandit, from Tom Collins to Shirley Temple. 
For those of you who would prefer a little vodka with your temple, we've got the Dirty Shirley to make you happy. Check out the description box for those ingredients. You can usually find a tiny bottle of cherry vodka for a dollar or so at your local liquor store, so you don't have to buy a big old bottle of that nasty stuff. Weirdly, my mini bottle for next week came in a pouch. Anyway, head to Twitter at Capers Cocktails and hit follow. You'll make my hours of finding fun capers to post several times a week worth it. I know, Twitter, Elon Musk, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to pay anything. I'll see you next week. And remember, there are always alternatives to robbing banks when you should be out golfing or sitting in your easy chair.